Welcome to the new and improved Cabba Cubby Blue, proudly affiliated with the Fans First Sports Network, where you are hopefully signed up for a ton of great Cubs content. We still got all the series by series updates plus bleacher banter here at Cubba Cubby Blue. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs' hot starts for Bleed Cubby Blue, and as always, I am joined by the one and only Danny Rocket. How's it going, Danny? It's going pretty good. I mean, hot start is right. <laughs> it's been surprisingly, it's been a fun April. Yeah, uh, lots of Cubs are off to good starts. We're going to jump into it. Before we do, though, um, I just want to say a little bit of a bittersweet note on top of the sweep of the athletics last night as the Cubs were probably flying back to Chicago. The news broke that the A's are in agreement on some land to develop in Las Vegas for a new stadium. A few A's fans, friends of mine who I've known for a long time, reached out uh, last night as the news was breaking Super heartbroken. I'm pretty heartbroken for them. It just sucks. Like, I hate this for Oakland fans. I hate this for the city of Oakland. I honestly, billionaires ruin everything, Danny. It's it's rough, and Oakland's taken it on the chin a few times. I think they've lost five teams. They lost the Raiders twice somehow, I, if, if I have that correct. Um, yeah, it's it really stinks because Oakland, people are just like, oh, you know, it's just like – San Francisco, but on the other side, no, it's, it's really quite its own vibe and its own situation. It's um, I, I am, I have sadly not gone to that stadium uh, and um, hopefully I will still get a chance to do it before it's, it's all over. Cause it really, I, it's falling apart. It has a possum. It has sewage leaking from the ceiling. Like, but that's, that's the fault of the billionaires who did not fix it. And they've been trying to get a new stadium and in some ways, and you know me, I'm not one to sit here and praise the Ricketts about too much. But the fact that they came in and restored Wrigley Field, even though I'm not crazy about all the changes, even though they've, they've pledged to make it viable for the next hundred years. And we will, because they, so many times you get threatened. We're moving to the suburbs. We'll move to a different city if we don't get what they want. And they didn't get what they want. They got no tax breaks and they spent the billion dollars of their own money to revitalize Wrigley Field and make it a safe so that concrete isn't falling on your head. But but also to make it a destination for the players with the updated clubhouses. And I mean, it's laughable what Wrigley Field looked like before. And that's so my brain goes to that. I'm like, if if we don't get a billionaire in there that's willing to save Wrigley Field, it's going to be over, you know, and they will move like the Bears to Arlington Heights, you know, where they can just get a sweet deal, have the stadium pay for your land, because that's what the Vegas thing is. Yeah, it's, that's it right. has nothing to do with uh, the A's have fans. They just are boycotting because they're being left um, and treated terribly. So it's sad to me. I agree. Bittersweet. I don't like the jokes out there saying, Oh, the Cubs went in there and swept them out of Oakland. And I'm like, it's just like, if you grew up with the, the bash brothers and you grew up with, you know, kind of the stories of those early seventies A's and, you know, Raleigh fingers and Vita blue and, you know, Ricky Henderson, um, you know, it's just like, he- and what he did for the city of Oakland, too. Oh, man, it's just it's it's sad. It's a legacy that we're losing. It sucks. Yeah, I mean, this is, to be clear, and Danny nailed it. It's all about a fight with the city. They want the city to pay for the new stadium rather than the billionaire owner, John Fisher. And the 
city said no. The city said we're not going to use tax dollar money for a stadium boondoggle when you have a billionaire who owns the team and will reap tons of profits from this. And so he's taking his team and his money and going to Vegas. And frankly, I, I think it's pretty pathetic. I am grateful that the Ricketts did not do something similar with the Cubs. They restored Wrigley Field instead. We We will all benefit from the legacy of that for decades to come at the corner of Clark and Addison. And I'm just really sad for my friends from Oakland. And yeah, no jokes today, people. Like if you've been an Oakland fan since you were a kid, this is a really heartbreaking and terrible day. Um, for the Cubs, on the other hand, it is not a heartbreaking and terrible day. This team is 11 and six with a 647 winning percentage as they head back to Wrigley Field after a, God, this might be one of the best West Coast road trips in my memory, Danny. Usually it seems like when the Cubs go out to the West Coast, there's time zone issues. There's tiredness issues. They never look right. Like they never, they always seem to perform terribly, even against bad teams. And instead this time they walked in, they took two out of three from the Dodgers. They swept the A's exactly like they were supposed to. It's not a very good A's team, but that's still a nice set of five games for the Chicago Cubs. It is their first sweep of the season. And they're in second place right now. Although the Pirates are hanging right around the corner, like just half a game back. So don't sleep on the Pirates, people. Danny, before we jump into these games, what did you see from the Cubs in Oakland? Well, I think you saying that A's are not a very good team is an understatement of the year because I don't know if I've seen too many worse teams in my life. Um, and that's part of the sadness of what's going on over there. And they've got a couple guys you heard of, you know, uh, Jesus Eagle, Jesus Aguilar is over there and Tony Kemp, uh, former Cub great. And, um, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm just and then everybody else except for that. I mean, you've never heard of most of them and, uh, and and you probably never will. These are guys, you know, a picture, you know, the a team full of Frank Schwindels, you know, it kind of thing, you know, is, is what we're looking at. Who, by the way, had a really great debut in Japan. I, I saw the other day, but um yeah, it's it's sad what's going on over there um, with that team. So the Cubs going in there, they put up crooked numbers in the games twice. Although the the games were closer than you would have hoped for much of the game, you know. So like, so you you win the shutout for nothing, great. Uh, but you didn't score till the eighth. It was tough. You're you face some no name guy. He freaking smokes you. Yesterday's game, they get some rookie up there throwing heat, gas, over a hundred. They can, they barely do anything with it. They got to wait for him to get out of the game to get the to the absolutely atrocious A's bullpen to do something. And then um, in the the first game of the series, that was a little bit more respectable. They started scoring early and. You know, once once you're up six to one in the fourth against the A's, you have to you have to almost work hard to lose that game at that point. So you're right. They took care of business. And I don't know. What do you think about this? We talked about it last time vet kind of a veteran squad, a lot of know how on this team. They didn't fall into the trap of the trap game after the excitement of the Dodgers and. Then there's some article comes out about how they like to have team dinners, which is like so like middle management, you know, khaki blue shirt wearing business like approach to things, um, you know. Hey, man, team vibes matter. Team vibes matter. Absolutely. Like it's just these guys have no to call these guys vibey is like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Marion vibes. <laughs> 
Yeah, Hasmerian vibes. I mean, they seem like nice, nice boys, but like, you know, they don't have a lot of style to them. Like when your home run hat or your walk off hat is just a cowboy hat you found in a closet, you know, it's like <laughs> it's not really all that creative of a group. But um, but hey, they're winning and whatever it takes, if it takes a couple of two win, a bunch of two win players to get together and have dinner to win some baseball games and not fall into trap games in Oakland, you know, I'm all for it. But yeah, yeah heck of a road trip. Heck of a road trip. Great road trip. Uh, I hope you stayed up late for some of these games. If you didn't, we've got you covered. The first game, 10-1 Cubs, man. Hayden Wisniewski finally had a solid start. And I have to say, early on in this game, it did not look like Hayden Wisniewski was going to have a solid start. There was a lot of weak contact. It sort of seemed like he was overthrowing again, missing his locations. He talked after the game about – um, having some problems with particular pitches, and they righted the ship pretty quick. The A's had a different game plan than Wisniewski and Gomes thought they would have going in, and so they had to kind of adjust on the fly, but they did. Nice to see him make those adjustments. He wound up throwing seven innings, five-hit baseball, one run. It was earned. Um, there were no walks in this game, which you always love to see, uh, and seven strikeouts. I apologize if everybody heard the Harley-Davidson, like, plowing down the road in the background. Thanks, Guy, for messing up the podcast here. Um, but uh, Hayden Wisniewski was not messing up the podcast. He was th- doing great stuff. What did you think with Hayden Wisniewski in this start? It was nice to see him finally go deep in a game. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's trying to throw harder like they did with Assad when they, he was throwing a couple of miles per hour faster. And then, but it, it, it didn't, he didn't look very comfortable. And the movement on his pitches are, is better when he doesn't throw that fast. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm fine with the, with what he was doing before. Like, I don't know if there's the Cubs trying to change him or he's working on something for himself. I, I, it's gotta be the Cubs, but um, seems to me that whatever, whatever he was doing last year, that just works. They seemed like they tried to change it. And then, you know, now it, it feels like, now he's trying to go back. I don't. I don't know. It was confusing why it would. It didn't work the first few starts. But yeah, absolutely, he looked a heck of a lot better, and that should be good for his confidence. Confidence is so important in a young player, too. I think you know the old guys can shake off a bad start. You know, like John Lester goes out there, throws a stinker, gives up five runs in the first, and he's able to throw that in the garbage. But these young guys that are fighting for a spot, especially when Kyle Hendricks comes back in a month or two, maybe. Um, you know, you, there there will be fights for a spot in this rotation at that point. Um, so yeah, yeah. I'm excited about Wes, and and yeah, he did so great. To me, the the real story in this game was 20 hits. <laughs> you know, I mean, and this is the thing is like because they're doing it without all the power. Like the, the power showed up in a big. T- I mean, wisdom hit. I was gonna say Patrick yeah. Wisdom's not doing it without yeah. the power. Patrick Wisdom. That's all he does. The, yeah. Leads MLB. With eight home runs. And I just have to say, not only leads MLB, I guess he's tied now. Pete Alonso caught up uh, since the since Wisdom hit that MLB leading eighth home run. But he's doing it in fewer plate appearances than Pete Alonso did. So I, I'm just like, Patrick Wisdom is on a burner. He's doing one of his streaky, like, home run things. And to the moon with that. Like, I'm, I'm good for the Patrick Wisdom home run takeoff. I do not think it's sustainable. He is not a 60 home run guy. I think we're probably going to be staring down a, a little bit of a cold streak at some point, but for right now, wisdom should just ride this. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's got a real hot bat. And the other one uh, coming, coming with a hot bat is uh, hitting streak ended yesterday was Bellinger. And he has a, in he's five of these hits 
of the 20 are his. So, well, it was his first career five-hit game. Cody Bellinger was like the best baseball player on the planet in 2018 and 2019. And he had never had a five-hit game until this game in Oakland. So nice to see Bellinger stay hot, too. I agree. Yeah, I mean, and for them to, like, kind of pour it on and show up, like, in this way, it felt really good. Um, just because we were concerned about the trap game. And then, but I didn't really clock how bad I think Oakland was. <laughs> no, that's fair. And, I mean, they're, they're not a very good baseball team. Oh, uh, once again, an understatement. Uh, Maybe they, they might lose. I mean, they might win only three games a month. Yeah, they could lose 120 in. games easily. Yeah. I mean, and, it is just so bad. So, I mean, um, yeah, and and just a, a, I mean, almost like criminally bad. Like this shouldn't be allowed to be this way. Like it's so bad. It is um, the plot of Major League. It is the we are going to put a bunch of terrible players out here so we can move the team to Vegas. I mean, the only difference is I think in Major League they wanted to move the team to Miami. The last thing that I want to say about this game, Nico Horner stole his MLB leading ninth stolen base, and like I just. Danny, you and I, I want to throw back to before this season when I was talking about how I thought this was a 74-75 win team. They might get lucky and be like a 500 team, but we were talking about those 85th percentile projections that Eno Saris and Sahadev Sharma had over at The Athletic, and it was sort of like, look, if the Cubs are going to compete and if they're going to be a team that is over 500, Patrick Wisdom is probably riding a burner, and Nico Horner is going to have a career year, and like all of these guys on the, on the side are going to step up, and it is early. We're still only three weeks into the season, but it does sort of seem like at least three weeks in, the Cubs have gotten those upside projections from all of those. Well, not all. Our first base situation could still use some work. We'll talk about that when we get to cold bats later on at the, towards the end of the show. But it does sort of seem like they're getting those upside projections from a lot of guys early. Yeah. And is it sustainable? I mean, I'd probably not. But but the question is, because in any season, even your best players have colder streaks. And the do you have other players that are coming in and you're and let's say even in if like two of your best players, uh, let's say Swanson and Horner just go cold, you know, for and disappear in May or something like that. Let's say that happens. Do you? Do, do the other players pick up the slack now all of a sudden Suzuki goes on a tear and then you know then and uh, or Hap goes on a tear somebody else picks up that slack um and that's what makes a good team and there, there are a few holes in this team like you mentioned the first base situation but um yeah so far I mean you talk about having the league leader of the of home runs and the league leader in stolen bases on that in that same lineup and so if you have lots of different ways you can either manufacture runs and my point about the 20 hits was yeah Patrick Wisdom hit two home runs in this game. They put up 10 though. So most of their their runs this year have not been come coming via the home run. In LA they did, but that was a fluke and they didn't really do that too much in in Oakland at all. Um Hosmer hit one yesterday <laughs> to shut up all the DFA Hosmer people, I think, but, uh, nah, but whatever I am still on the DFA Hosmer train, but they're scoring runs. They're, they're getting on base different ways. Um, they're, they're taking advantage of the lack of shift. You know, I know a lot of Hosmer's hits and Bellinger's hits might not have been hits last year. If you could play where you wanted to. And um, so that's going to regulate a few things, but yeah, I mean, once again, they 12 runs yesterday, 10 runs on Monday. 
yeah, let's talk about opponents considerably. Yeah, they're doing they're doing a really nice job of outscoring a pretty terrible Oakland team. Um, in game two, the Cubs didn't do much off Waldeshek, but it didn't matter. They wound up getting to the bullpen. The same thing was going to happen in game three. But I want to say uh, Marcus Stroman had another great game. He did not wind up with the win in game two because the Cubs didn't put any runs on the board until the eighth inning. But Stroman threw six innings, two hit baseball, didn't give up any runs, only two walks, five strikeouts. Um, I thought what the Cubs did in this game was pretty solid. They did not destroy Oakland like they did in some of these other games, but they got the offense they needed in the eighth inning. Cody Bellinger extended his hitting streak, which would ultimately end in this game or in the next game. Um, but a solid win in game two. Yeah, it took, you know, it took long enough. They didn't score till the eighth. So once again, you had to wait for the bullpen to come in. Um, and, uh, yeah, you, you kind of were expecting more, but it, but they were pro- they were probably tired from running the bases the day before. They had twenty, <laughs> but, yeah, they were they had twenty hits. You know they were they were just running and running, and then they came out the next night, took the first half of the game off, and then uh, started to do something. But um, yeah, my favorite part of this game is that uh, the A's have a pitcher named Richard Lovelady. <laughs> Otherwise known as Dick Lovelady. So, I mean, that's that's what a name. I mean, th- that's a base. I want the Cubs to sign him just for the name alone. Even if he just does an inning and gets DFA'd, I don't care. But uh, what a name. He wasn't very good, though, Danny. The Cubs scored a runoff Dick Lovelady. Um, in game three, Justin Steele picked up his third win of the season, throwing six innings, four hits. I gave up two runs. Only one of them was earned. Two walks, five Ks. Cody Bellinger had his hit streak end, but Patrick Wisdom hit a triple, just a little bit shy of a home run there. And and Eric Hosmer tried to save his time with the Cubs by going deep finally. I mean, I guess congrats, whatever. I I still want to see Matt Mervis, and I want to see Matt Mervis yesterday. So I don't really care how you make that happen, but let's end the Luis Torrens, Edwin Rios, Eric Hosmer, Trey Mancini carousel of characters over there and see what Matt Mervis can do while you're hot. Yeah, me, Crawley and I were arguing about this on Facebook because, um, you know, that's just such a wonderful place to, to argue. And um, so but this very thing about the Mervis situation, bringing him up. And, and I know we'll probably talk about this in a, in a little bit. As, um, but when we'll I talk about it now, let's just do it now. Well, we could. Yeah. Uh, but when he I was arguing about the whole bench, like your Rios, your Torrens. Uh, you know, magical, not so much because he I could see him being a role player in a way. I just don't want him to get starts at third. Like, it, I just don't want that. You know, I don't want he only looks like a normal baseball player at second base um, r- running the bases. He's ridiculous. Like, he just makes me laugh. <laughs> Did, I, he I, ran through a Willie Harris stop sign. Yeah. Do you have any idea? The man's nickname is Waving Willie. Yeah. Like. Willie Harris will wave through anybody, anytime, anywhere. He puts up the stop sign and Nikki two strikes is like, I'm going to go. <laughs> like, what are yeah. You doing? And he runs, he runs like Fred Flintstone drives his car oh. with his like little feet just going. And it's, it's just ridiculous. But you know, Crawley, because we're having arguments about the bench. Cause I'm like, you got Morrell, you got Velasquez, you got all these dudes, uh, Mervis raking it down in the minor leagues. And you're like, nah, we're good. We're going to go with a third catcher. Cause we don't want to lose him on the waiver wires. I'm like, you're telling me there's not another waiver wire catcher deal that you can hook up. You're telling me that you know, Dom Nunez is so freaking terrible that if like, you know, Jan Gomes and Tucker Barnhart, like, get injured on the same play that you can't have him come up and like figure it out for a, a couple games until you get a waiver wire. I mean, so you just got to 
go with this wasted roster spot as these because the Cubs have been winning. So don't fix it if it ain't broke. But, you know, we were arguing about this. And then he texted me the lineup of to, of yesterday. And he's like, oh, you're going to love today. And I looked at it. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> like, the only thing that makes it worse is if Mastrobodi was still in here as DH or something like that. But I'm like, you know, and the Cubs are carrying too many like DHs and, you know, and I and I used in the H. That's a small H. That's not a capital H. You know what I mean? <laughs> These are not your normal designated hitters with a capital H. People. Yeah, this is not big poppy DH land. This is like. These fringe dudes who are like one tool players. This is like generic that, DH land. Yeah, exactly. D- small H. Just I'm putting it that way because, you know, what do they do? What else do they do? Like Torrens doesn't play in the field. Rios doesn't play in the field. You know, it, it's like so that's why you end up with these ridiculous right field situations. And, you know, say is still kind of working his way back from his injury, even though he's here. And like so you're going to have other right fielders. And you're telling me Velasquez doesn't fit that bill. What the hell are we doing? Well, and that's the weird thing about that is I would rather see Nelson like Nelson Velasquez is an actual hitter. Like, I just don't even know what the Cubs are doing with some of the, the – the roster spot usage right now is kind of incredible. I'm like, I don't know why. And I'm pretty sure, like, I don't know, man. I, I don't know why the Cubs are insisting on, like, riding out the thread here with Rios and Terenz and whatever. I'm like, Matt Mervis is in AAA. He's raking. The last time I checked, he's walking 22.8% of the time because nobody wants to throw him a strike anymore because all he does is hit strikes over the wall – and I'm just like, if if all he's doing is watching pitches he can't hit in AAA because he's mastered the level, he is not learning anything anymore. Bring him up. <laughs> well, I, I asked this on the Sun Ranto show, and I think I already know your answer is probably the same as IFG's, which is yesterday is when do you want Matt Mervis to come up? <laughs> and Before they went to California. <laughs> y- yeah, yeah. And I mean, and then it, I guess the next question, the follow up to that is, what day do you start getting pissed off that he's not up here? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, that's a good question. Um, we'll see what happens in the series against the Dodgers. The Dodgers are coming to Wrigley field for four games, but honestly, the second that every time Hosmer or Mancini does anything where I'm like, why did you do that? That wasn't a great play. You, why did you hit that ground ball? Why did you hit that weak pop-up? Like, why didn't you make, decent contact i'm just like reminded that there is this dude who has the potential to be an actual stud in triple a that the cubs are just refusing to call up for hashtag reasons like i don't even know what jet is doing yeah no it's it really is a head scratcher i'm calling it the 40 man footsie because they're just they're just jerking around out there on the with the roster and um so yeah so i look at this lineup for this third game and i'm like and they and then they end up winning so then I got to shut up. You know what I no, mean? You but, don't. The A's are bad. You can put yeah. up a bad lineup and get away with it against the A's. You can't do that against the Dodgers. No, no, you can't. And well, but, but you could, I mean, we, we did, I mean, and, and it was fine, but uh, you know, now you got the Dodgers again and then the Padres come in. I feel like the Padres, especially now that they got Tatis back is going to be even a bigger test for this team. I don't care if it's at Wrigley, None of these players on the Cubs have ever played at Wrigley as a Cub. So right, they don't, right. they know it as well as the freaking Dodgers do. Yeah. It's like so, Nico and Hap, Nico and Hap are the only players that have any experience. Yeah. Wisdom, I guess, for the last couple of years. But uh, yeah. the But uh, so they know what it is to play here, but everybody else does not. 
Um, even the pitching, the pitching's even new. Like everything's pretty new. Yeah. And um, so I don't think we really have that much of a home field advantage right now, um, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, home road, I don't think it matters to these guys. I, I feel like they are just going to go about their business day in, day out. But when you look uh, for your starters, but when you look at the bench, you're, you just wonder about the utility of some of these players. And like, especially with somebody like, they're just like, wow, morale needs at bats at triple A because he's a sheet of cookies baking in the oven or, you know, it's like it's and he's not like that's what I'm saying. He's not a freaking sheet of cookies. He's a dude that had success and then he struck out a bunch. But if he's going to figure it out, I'd rather kind of see him figure it out. There's enough at bats for him up here. He plays all the positions, you know what I mean? And you got a DH instead. You're like, nah, let's have Torrens out there like it doesn't make sense and even Rios like he just hits these like tappers and stuff like <laughs> he's supposed to have pot power I haven't seen it but he does have some power I think we saw a little bit of it in spring training let's take a break and then let's go uh talk about this Dodgers series we need a quick break for our sponsors on the flip side the Cubs have four games against the Dodgers back in Chicago but first a quick word from our sponsors we're back. Uh, let's talk probable pitchers for these games. Like I said, four games against the Dodgers. First up, you'll have Michael Grove, who really shut the Cubs down last time against Jamison Tyon, followed by Julio Urias against Drew Smiley. Clayton Kershaw versus Hayden Wisniewski, and I am real interested to see if Wisniewski can keep up the nice pitching that he started in Oakland against the Dodgers lineup that is much better. And then Dustin May against Marcus Stroman. These are some really nice matchups for the Dodgers, Danny. It's going to put be a, a test for Cubs hitters and pitchers. What do you see here? Well, the first two games are complete rematches of last weekend. So thanks, MLB, for this bang-up schedule of just letting us see the same thing over and over again. So should weird. Face, yeah, should never face a team twice in the same week. Like, th that's just the dumbest thing ever. I hope they figure that out. But, um, yeah, I mean – the uh, the we lost one of those, which was the uh, which was the Grove game. But th if you remember, uh, the the Dodgers barely scored against either Tyone or um, uh, against Smiley. So they, they went pretty toe to toe. Urias, we had a lot of trouble with. And until he fell on his butt trying to make that play and um, kind of lost it for a second there and the Cubs took advantage. He was pretty much mowing down the Cubs uh, that day. So he's tough. Um, yeah, Grove, I mean, so they see the rookie once. So now we see him again. So I kind of have a good feeling about tonight. Um, uh, Tyone, he hasn't pitched well at Wrigley yet. So he, so we'll see how that goes. Um, hopefully he can write the ship there. Um, yeah, Wisniewski versus Kershaw. That's got to give him some butterflies because he knows what's going on with that game. He's a rookie. And um, hopefully he's up to the challenge, can build on his last start. Kershaw stinks at Wrigley Field against the Cubs, um, especially in the playoffs. So I was gonna say against the old Cubs, man. Like none of those guys are here anymore. Yeah, but you know, maybe it's just a thing that we do to him. Like whereas Cubs are somehow his kryptonite, Wrigley's his kryptonite. I don't know what his numbers at Wrigley are, but they're probably pretty good overall, I would <laughs> guess, because his numbers are pretty good everywhere. And then uh Stro, I mean he's been the ace, even though he doesn't have like real ace stuff. Um but he's been the ace and he's been shut down. He's pitched well at Wrigley. He's pitched well all year. He hasn't had a bad start. So hopefully he's not going to, he's not just quote unquote due for one. 
And uh, Dustin May is obviously a very talented pitcher as well. So, um, but what I'm hoping is, do you remember how that pitcher uh, from the Dodgers, uh, Andre Jackson, had a uh, batter's eye hair and it was just made the perfect hitting d- backdrop? <laughs> Dustin May has a similar kind of look. And I'm so I'm wondering, like, if, if we could work that in, it would just like do Dustin May batter's eye hair, just tee off on Sunday against him. And then hey. Stroh hit, gets a no hitter. I'd be here for it. I'd be here for, I mean, honestly, if the Cubs split the series, I'd be pretty happy about it given where all things are at, but you'd love to see them win the series, keep the winning the series streak alive. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if the Cubs are going to win the series, they're going to get some pretty good contributions from their hot bats. And I just want to say, welcome back. Say Suzuki who leads this list right now in the last two weeks. And admittedly, he barely qualified for the list. 24 plate appearances. You need 20 to qualify, but uh, Seiya Suzuki slashing 350, 458, 500 since his return to the Cubs. He has a WRC plus of 165. He is followed by Patrick Wisdom, who is slashing 244, 306, 711 with a WRC plus of 161. Eight home runs, man. Patrick Wisdom, your MLB home run leader as of this recording. Amazing stuff. Jan Gomes slashing 310, 333, 621 with a WRC plus of 152. Nikki Two Strikes slashing 391, 417, 478 with a WRC plus of 145. Nico Horner, your your MLB steals leader, Nico Horner, slashing 373, 439, 431 with a WRC plus of 143. Cody Bellinger staying hot with that little mini hitting streak he had going on there. Slashing 319, 365, 511, WRC plus 134. And Ian Happ has cooled off a tiny bit, but he's still on this list. He's slashing 286, 345, 439 with a WRC plus of 118 over the last two weeks. I mean, anytime you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of your nine batters uh, with a WRC plus over 110 for the last two weeks, things are probably looking pretty good for you. What do you see from these hitters, Danny? Yeah, I mean, we were saying it earlier. It's like they just have, are killing it. Like there is a- absolute like the offense. You remember how it broke underneath Theo? Um, it's these these are completely different players on this team right now. But it is a much more diversified offense. It's not just um, selling out on every pitch. You know, trying to get the home run, uh, trying to hit a, a five run homer down four. You know, it's like with the with the bases empty you know it's like the the other team the other teams we had you know they you know Rizzo down on one knee Javi swinging out of his shoes at everything Chris Bryant with the just never changing the, his approach like you know and maybe that's right for those guys and how they need to play the game but we had all the same dude and we had no like get on base stuff we had no speed nobody ever stole the base we were always last in that so now we're first in it now you know um you so it's it's great to see such a diversified o- offense, and it's been a while. It's I'll just it's been it's been a, it's been a while because even when we won it, you know, once once you lose Ben Zobrist, Zobrist off this team, your OBP goes in the toilet. So and that's been and that's been a while. <laughs> yeah, the Ben Zobrist uh, call out is apt. He that really was the turning point when the offense kind of fell apart and the Cubs never got it back. Speaking of offenses that are doing well, uh, the Dodgers offense is also doing pretty well. I'm just going to tr- click through their hot hitters with their WRC pluses. I'm not going to give you the whole slash line, but uh, Max Muncy has a WRC plus in the last two weeks of 210. JD Martinez, uh, WRC plus of 147. James Outman, WRC plus of 133 over the past two weeks. Freddie Freeman, 
WRC plus of 126 over the past two weeks. Trace Thompson and partial playing times. It's only 25 plate appearances. Uh, WRC plus of 123 over the last two weeks. And Mookie Betts, second baseman Mookie Betts, uh, WRC plus of 116 over that same time period. So it's the Cubs will have their work cut out for them with some Dodgers bats who have also stayed hot. Yeah, I mean, they just lost two or three to the Mets. So they scored more runs against the Mets than they did against the Cubs, though. Um, they, they scored uh, two runs in every single game against the Cubs. Um, they scored six runs, five runs, and three runs against the Mets. That's all at home, but they did lose two or three. So they, they're coming off of, of a four and two – no, a two and four homestand. So they're kind of limping into Chicago right now. Um yeah, we'll we'll see what they what we'll see what they got, you know. But they this is not your Dodgers of old. They're it's not, not. As scary. They they they've been they've lost five games to Arizona already. It's yeah, like, they're not they're not quite the juggernaut that we remember from days past. Although I do wonder. I mean, there's two ways for the Dodgers to really approach this upcoming series, right? Not the juggernaut. Maybe they stay not the juggernaut through April and write the ship in May or something like that. We've seen teams do that before. The 2017 Cubs did that. They were sort of a 500 team all the way through uh, May, and then they sort of righted the ship towards the second half. The other thing that could happen is they could start to write the ship right now. They could just be like, okay, we are done. <laughs> we are going to play like the Dodgers. And honestly, um, I'm kind of hoping they'll stay cold. Like, the one benefit of this weird schedule that you were just talking about might be that the Cubs get to face the Dodgers when the Dodgers are struggling and get all of their Dodgers games out of the way before the Dodgers heat up. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not the worst idea to rack up wins. I mean, it, what do they say that that you can't win the pennant in April, but you can lose it. And so don't beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Take two or three from everybody else, and then you'll find yourself in good positioning when it's time down the stretch to make a run. And at that point, people will be banged up, and, it, and you know, it, it, momentums will be known, and team chemistries will be team chemistries. I mean, the best thing that you can hope for for the 2023 Cubs overall is that they're the surprise victors, you know, and then they go further than people expected. Um, the Dodgers, everybody's always picking. So like they might have, I mean, I view this as like a tortoise and hare situation sometimes that these big lumbering teams, like look at the Padres. Did they, I don't even think they finished above 500. One of those years that they had, when they started buying everybody like with you Darvish and stuff like they came in third at some point, like, and they're $230 million payroll third place, you know? So you're kind of, I mean, yeah, face them now. I mean, Padres aren't doing that great either. They're a, a game under 500, I believe, too, and we get to face them now and at the end of the month. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully right now they just don't have it together and we could just make their lives a little bit miserable and then they'll put it together later and it'll be the Padres and Dodgers once again at the end of the season vying for the NL West. But um, – Cubs I mean, it would be wins. nice. It would be nice if the Cubs could rack up some wins while these teams are struggling early. Although I, I have a, I think the Padres are going to turn that around. I don't think Arizona is going to win that division. Who knows though? I, you never know. Weird, weirder things have happened. Um, let's talk about some cold bats on the Dodgers. Jason Hayward struggling a bit right now. Uh, he has kind of come back to earth as WRC plus over the last two weeks is seventy two. Miguel Vargas is WRC plus is thirty four over the last two weeks. David Peralta 
who hit that walk-off. Um, his WRC plus is 13. That walk-off is about the only thing he has done in the last two weeks. Um, Miguel Rojas, who barely qualifies for this list with exactly 20 plate appearances, so I don't even know how much we'll see of him, had, has a WRC plus of negative five over that time period. It does seem, though, like there are some spaces where you can get a break from the juggernaut Dodgers and get some outs in this lineup. Yeah, I mean, once again, not not the scariest in the world. I, I'm, I'm not. I ain't scared of no Dodgers. <laughs> well, I I don't know if I'm scared of any Dodgers, but I I have a healthy respect for the fact that they have been a better team than the Cubs over the last couple of seasons. Some Cubs bats who are struggling. I mean, it's just the two man, and it's the same two, and it's driving me kind of nuts. Eric Hosmer slashing 219, 306, 313 with a WRC plus of 73. That is after he finally hit that home run and did a little bit of something, something. And then Trey Mancini, the, his cohort over at first base, uh, 189, 211, 270 with a WRC plus of 28. I don't know if Mancini's dealing with some injuries. I don't know what's going on here. I've seen Mancini put up some real decent numbers with the Orioles back in the day. He just does not seem to have it right now. And he hasn't seemed to have it since he got traded from the Orioles. Uh, to the Astros last off or last last late last season. I I'm kind of over this Mancini Hosmer bit at first. Yeah. And Mancini for two years too is, um, you know, and come on, it's, it's April. We're a couple weeks in. I'm going to let him disappear for a month and maybe he picks up the pace once the weather warms up in May or, you know, what, or when he gets his feet on the ground or whatever he's got to do. I don't know what's going on with Mancini, but he's been the worst player in the major leagues. I think by some, um, some metrics I've heard on other podcasts of people that, that follow, follow this stuff, but it's, yeah, it's been unplayable. And the sad thing is he's not a good in the field. Right. So yeah, you're like, okay, so you get rid of Hayward, who even though he hilariously fell over the other day on the warning track, I don't know if you saw that play. Just they did made, not. Yeah, he missed the ball and just cue the Benny Hill music, basically. Whoops. But um, but yeah, it so if you're gonna carry a a somebody on your team that's not really producing, but I'm I'm gonna give Mancini a wait and see approach. It's Hosmer that I don't want to give a wait and see approach only because you could do a one for one 40 man swap with Mervis tomorrow. Yeah, but. they absolutely could. And I, I mean, I hear rumors that Hosmer's like a great clubhouse guy and all this stuff. So maybe you want a phantom IL stint there or something so he can stick around, but just not be <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't want to wish injury on anyone. I, I, I want it to be a fake injury, but I just, I honestly just want to see Mervis in the lineup instead of Eric Hosmer. I, I can't handle it. Um, Danny, what are you going to have going on during this four game set at Wrigley? Well, um, I'm, I was going to go tonight, but now I'm not going tonight. I'm going to see uh, Billy DeVore over at uh, the Annoyance Theater. He's a Reds podcaster for the new Nasty Boys, does a lot of work with the Sun Ranta show. But I will be in the stadium on Friday and Saturday. I'll, I'll be out there. It's going to be cold going to be cold out there um the temperature is going to really drop and um so that's another factor in this series with the la coming in in the cold like not that our guys understand that either but they're all from southern california or texas but <laughs> like eric hosmer comes from the padres like cody bellinger yeah. was playing in la like no, yeah all these yeah guys yeah it's not really yeah it's we don't yeah it's we're not a, a cold weather team really yeah you can't really say that maybe hap but um 
but yeah, I'll be out there. It's um, and so I don't know. Come say hi if you tweet tweet at me at Sunranto. Buy me a beer bat. <laughs> nice uh, beer bats are expensive, man. I, I don't think I'm going to get a single beer bat all season. Uh, I, I'm actually hanging out in San Diego at the moment. I went and saw a Lake Elsinore Storm and Modesto Nets game. Those are the A ball affiliates for the Padres and the Mariners last night. It was super fun. Had a great time at the Lake Elsinore Diamond. Um, but so I, I am enjoying some warm weather and I am not going to apologize for it even a little bit at all. I'm hoping that Chicago will warm up a bit by the time I get back. And then Danny, it looks like you've got a note here that our friend at Blake's Beard has a Father's Day thing going on. Let's chat about that really quick before we sign off today. Yeah, um, I wanted to mention this. Um, a really great guy, Blake Beard. He's a season ticket holder. And he did this for Mother's Day last year. This year, he's doing it for Father's Day, which is giving away his two Cubs tickets, which is in the 100 level. Um, it, it's right, actually right between third base and home. 100 level seats, really nice seats, right on the aisle. And uh, what you have to do is write an essay um, about why you want to bring your dad to the game. And not only can you win these tickets, um, but you also win a hundred dollars in cash um, that spend however you want, like probably at the game. That's three beer bats worth of cash. Um, <laughs> you also get a goodie bag filled with uh, connect roasters, roasters coffee. That's uh, Ian Happ's coffee. Um, two obvious shirts and a couple of Cubs hats to be delivered during the game. Um, you'll after the game, you'll get, or maybe before too, I don't know. You'll get to visit club 400 Cubs cave Wrigleyville, which is the Stuart McVictor Vickers, um, Wrigleyville satellite spot for the club for club 400. And then finally, what you're going to win is a personalized song from me. Um, whether it be a parody song or an original of something you have an idea of about your dad. So um, it, we'll work that out together, whoever the, the winner of the contest is. But what you do is you write a um, you write a uh, essay about why you want to bring your dad to the game. To, and then you send it to on Twitter at the Blake Beard, T-H-E-B-L-A-K-E-B-E-A-R-D. And uh, I'm not sure when the winner is going to be announced. I'll get that information for next time. But we got a little bit to go before Father's Day hits. Um, but the reason Blake's doing this is because his father passed away in December to um, cerebral amyloid angiopathy. And so he's doing this to honor his, the memory of his father. And um, I just think it's a beautiful gesture. And I freaking love Cub fans. And you're awesome at the Blake Beard. And thanks for doing this. It is awesome. And what a there's no better way to spend Father's Day than at the friendly confines with your dad. So definitely put those essays together. Uh, I can attest that all of those places are awesome. The Club 400 Wrigleyville space is amazing. Um, Danny does a great job with parody songs. Obviously could do cannot go wrong with obvious shirts and connect roasters and all everything here is just really thoughtful and great. So definitely put bucks those essays too. together. Yeah, hundred bucks, two beer bats, and maybe like a couple of sausages, and you, <laughs> you might only owe the only owe the tip afterwards. That I don't know that a hundred bucks will cover all of that, but <laughs> doesn't go that far at Wrigley anymore. Not anymore, not these days. Uh, I have a piece about that that came out this week on the concession prices at Wrigley. If you are so inclined, you can find that piece. You can find all of my pieces. On my Twitter account at BCB underscore Sarah, you can follow Danny at Sunranto. Uh, you can follow the podcast at, at Cup of Cubby Blue, where we are always telling you what's going on series by series with all the Cubs news, notes, and banter that you need. Until next time.